Reflecting on Reflection with Mara Brenner. This podcast is funded by Federal Part C of IDEA funds as part of the American Rescue Plan Act. All right, welcome back to our discussions of uh, reflective practice and reflective supervision. Uh, we've already, uh, uh, Mara's already spoken about um, reflection in the work, what a reflective supervision session looks like, and um, some of the uh, specifics about reflective supervision. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about just some other concepts that fold. Uh, Mara's gonna talk more about uh, specifics uh, that fold into the work, and we're gonna begin. Uh, my first question is. So if you're introducing reflective supervision to your staff, now let's say for the first time, um, how do you orient them to this? And, and would you do it differently for, for a brand new staff uh, compared to somebody who's been doing this for maybe 10, 15 years? Uh, yes, yes is my answer. Um, uh, uh, there are a couple of things I think of uh, in response to that question, Joe, I think, there are ways to orient people to reflective practice literally when they first get hired. And, and, and how I think about doing that is by asking reflective questions during training and orientation. And that could literally be things instead of, has everybody got it? You know, I've just explained, you know, the 45 day piece, the 90 day piece, the whatever paperwork piece, instead of saying everybody, they got it, I might ask a question that says, is this making sense to you? Which part mm. of this feels confusing? Mm. I might even say during orientation or training, I might say, Does it, do you know what your learning style is? Mm -hmm. What's helpful for you? <laughs> is it helpful for you to read material first or and then talk about it? Or do you wanna talk about it and then re read the material? Yeah. So even by asking those questions, I'm setting the stage that these kinds of questions are gonna be asked. Right. right. Mm -hmm. And so I might not, I'm not even talking about reflective practice or reflective supervision. I'm just doing it. Yeah. And so these are I mentioned this in, a, in an earlier session that these are the kinds of questions that feel a little less threatening mm -hmm. than what comes up for you in the work. Right? right. And so I might start doing this. And what most people will say in response to this is they might say this part is confusing or it's better for me if you talk first versus me reading it. And so what you're saying to a new hire is that who you are and how you are matters to me. Yeah. That's kind and of how the, I am with you will be different because of that. Yeah. That's kind of the meta message, you know, without yes. actually saying that by experiencing that you're getting a message that, Oh, this person cares what I think about. Um, yes. Wow. Yes. Nice. And so then I will also literally orient them to the to the work. And Victor Bernstein talks about reorientation too. So that's a piece of, of the process that we'll talk about in a minute. I literally want to say, after somebody's been trained and after they're oriented to the job, and I'm constantly asking these reflective questions throughout this training period, I might start to say, we're gonna start meeting once a month for reflective supervision. And what reflective supervision is, is an opportunity for you to reflect on yourself in terms of what comes up for you as you do this job. It's a hard job. 
And so we're going to have a space for you and, and me to meet and talk about what comes up, the parts that feel uh, you feel confident about, the parts that you feel good about, the parts you like, and the parts where you struggle. Mm-hmm. And we're going to work together uh, to help you be as successful as possible in the work. And we're going to do that by engaging in reflective practice. Sounds supportive. So you're also letting them know that this is, this is a supportive kind of activity. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then I want to orient them as I, you and I talked about uh, previously about the process so that they actually know that you're going to bring stuff to our time together. I have no agenda. I'm going to ask questions to help understand what's going on. And then we're, we're going to put our heads together mm-hmm. to see what makes the most sense given the situation. So I'm literally going to orient them to what we're going to do. So I'm orienting them to the concept and then I'm orienting them to the practice. Yeah, and that it's a partnering. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I would then start doing reflective supervision. And at the end of each session, I might say, uh, what part of this was helpful for you? Mm-hmm. What is your takeaway from this? Right. Because what I want supervisees to get is that there uh, is value in this. Mm-hmm. And I want them to be able to name what was helpful. Two reasons, because I want them to find something that was helpful and I want the supervisor to know what was helpful Yeah, because that informs you uh, uh, more about them. Yeah. You know, I, I think too that the supervisor will get information based on how, um, how the willingness for the supervisee to make themselves vulnerable and actually say what they think. Yeah. So the supervisor might kind of tuck that, oh, okay. They seem really comfortable with this. We're, we're off to a good start. Or no, everything's fine. Um, no, no, no questions. Uh, and and again, in the back of your mind, you might be saying, "Okay, maybe I need to. We need to work on trust here. We need to kind of mm-hmm. get to that point." Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that reminds me that you know a lot of supervisors talk about you know how do you supervise somebody who says everything's fine, I or stays very task oriented. Mm. And I think there are um, a couple of possibilities in that. One is what you just said, is that maybe trust isn't there yet. Mm-hmm. And, and then maybe uh, if this feels right to you, there could be more structure to the session, right? For some mm-hmm. people, they need a little more structure. Mm-hmm. And so what I might do is something like, you know, for the next time we meet, I want you to bring a, a, a family that you feel uh, things are going well with in a family where you feel like um, it's harder or it's a struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I then I, I'm, stru- I'm structuring it a little bit, but then I, they come with something and I might say, that's where I ask my reflective questions. What is it about this family that you feel so good about? What is it about this family that feels hard to you? That might be as far as it goes, mm-hmm. but that's further than, nope, I don't have any questions. Yeah. Yeah. So that you can, you could kind of, use the tools you have to give them a little bit more of a, a, a guidance on, okay, let's do this. Let's look at it this way. Yeah. 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 What, you know, what I was going to ask about was, um, and I'm, I just blanked on it. So you just keep talking and it'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me talk a little bit about how you would talk about reflective supervision to people who've been around for a while, who haven't been, have it, it's still new to them. Okay. Um, I think uh, uh, I think for most of us, we have so much on our plates that doing one more thing feels overwhelming to us. 
Mm. And so I want to just validate that and name that. And I would say, yes, this is something new. And, and what I know to be true is that this could be very helpful. Mm -hmm. And in the orientation of an older, not age, older as in been around the job for a while, I would orient by saying that there is um, a benefit to slowing down and looking at the work in a different way. Mm -hmm. And so I I might focus it from a slowing down perspective. Mm -hmm. And in, in talking about that, I might say, uh, you probably know a lot about yourself already. You've been doing this work for a while. Mm -hmm. And so uh, my guess is, is it's not going to be as new to you as you think it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And for somebody else who they're like, I don't have time to talk about myself. I might say, uh, I know this may be hard for you and we're going to give it a try. Let's do mm -hmm. this together, right? Because I want to partner with them. Right. And it is, it, it, if it is what you're planning on putting into place, it is time to say we're putting this into place. Um, and I would be as sensitive and cautious with them as I would with a new hire, which yeah. is um, something uh, simple first. I might do the same structure. Tell me about a family that things are going well with. Right. Why is it, what makes this family uh, easier for you than another family? Mm -hmm. Where is it that you want to grow in your work? Mm -hmm. You've been doing this a long time. Mm -hmm. What yeah. have you learned about yourself in the last year? What do you want to be working on next? How can I help you with that? Right. Yeah. These are all reflective questions that you can use in conversations with people who've been around the block. Right, right. I remember what I was going to ask. Okay. Um, so it's related to um, when you're feeling like there's something that it might be kind of hard. Um, one thing to, to keep in mind, we talk sometimes about uh, ghosts of supervisors past, that mm. everybody comes to the work having had a past experience with a supervisor. And some, some have gre had great experiences, some not so great. And Talk a little bit about what might happen when somebody has had maybe not a great experience with a past supervisor and how that could impact your ability or your attempt to do reflective supervision. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. It's, uh, it's just like the triggers we were talking about from our past in, in an earlier episode. You know, there are many of us who've ex had experiences with supervisors who have been critical and shaming and humiliating and, uh, we have uh, left that experience feeling really bad about ourselves and not trusting and not comfortable being vulnerable. And uh, I actually have had that experience before. And so I would bring to a supervisor uh, nothing because I didn't trust that it was gonna be a different experience. Mm. And so I would do, I was very task oriented. Here's what I've done. Here's what I've done. Here's what I've done. I might add a little feeling in there just to get away with it. Mm. Uh, but the truth was, is I was too nervous to admit that I felt incompetent about certain things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I'm a, you know, I am a fan of naming what's true. I might talk about, I might name, you know, we've all had supervisors in the past, some that are good, some that aren't weren't good what have you what have your supervisors been like in the past I, mm. I want to name it I'm yeah. I'm <clears throat> I'm not a fan of tiptoeing although I am a fan of being sensitive and compassionate right but if I want to know about your past experiences with previous supervisors I'm going to ask yep and I'm going to sit I'm, I might say uh 
my hope is that I'm going to do this differently than your past experience. Yeah, if the past got, experience was rough. You got to put it on the table to get it yes. off the table. Yes. Yeah. And so this too requires a supervisor to be comfortable to do that. Mm -hmm. So what we're talking about requires a lot of, I would say, vulnerability for the supervisor yeah. is to be willing to take the risk to say something, to ask something, to put something on the table that you're not quite sure where it's going to go. Mm, right, right. And so this whole reflective practice process requires vulnerability for all people involved, right. vulnerability in different ways, mm -hmm. but it requires us to be able to take a risk and maybe not know what the outcome is going to be. Yeah, it sounds like a really authentic process. It, it is. <laughs> and I'm also thinking back to the, you know, how do you orient a staff that's been around for a long time? <laughs> you know, one of the things in my experience and many people who I've worked with experience is that it actually feels good to be on the other side of, to be in the process of reflective practice and reflective supervision. And <laughs> so often it's a felt sense. And so you may have a, a, a staff that's been around for a while who's not interested in doing it, but will do it because they have to. Right. I want them to come away with a felt sense that this right. actually felt good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it, it, and I say should uh, uh, hesitantly, it should feel good. It should, it should feel like somebody's attending to you yeah. and cares about you and is curious about you and wants to know more. And that, for most of us, uh, makes us feel uh, seen and valued. Yeah. So ultimately, no matter what the person is bringing to this, maybe expectations or misunderstandings about reflective supervision, as a supervisor, you have the tools to have them actually experience what it really is. And, you know, it, it's convincing. And I think both of us, have, having done the work, we've seen it happen. You yeah. give them that experience and they say, oh, this is good. I like this. When's yeah. our next session? You know? <laughs> right. I want to yeah. come back. Yeah. Now, we've also had this experience, Joe, you and I have had this conversation for years about, you know, about reflective capacity mm. and, you know, uh, and, you know, whether people, there are some people who don't have reflective capacity or not. And I'll, I'll just do a quick definition so that I can say more about this is reflective capacity is really the ability to understand, interpret, make meaning out of behavior, you know, our own and other people's. And it's really the process of tuning into our own thoughts and feelings and motivations behind behavior. And so if we're asking somebody, well, uh, how did you decide to do this? Or what made you decide to do that? Or what do you think was going on for the family when you said that? They uh, don't have the skill yet to be able to make meaning out of behavior in that way. Mm -hmm. And so this goes to when somebody, you know, what's on your mind today? Nothing, everything's good. You know, <clears throat> I know you and I have talked about this, you know, is there a lack of reflective capacity mm -hmm. or is there a lack of trust or is there a, I just really don't know how to do this process yet. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so when I think about reflective capacity, I want to also put that on the table. When we engage in reflective supervision, what we're doing is actually building reflective capacity. And this is what reflective capacity is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so in some ways, we're actually, and I'm putting this in quotation marks, teaching or training people about how to reflect. Some people yes. will have it. Some people have got it. Uh, and some people, this is brand new to them. 
Right, right. I'd like to drop another idea in there um, that I found very helpful when I stumbled across it. That's the idea of a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. And there's been mm -hmm. research done on this and people can Google it and read some of the background. But I think what we're promoting is more of a growth mindset and that, that sense that people have that I don't have to have all the answers because I know I can learn and grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 it's beautiful. A, a colleague of mine also uses this that I have, um, I take from her all the time is, uh, do you want to be a supervisor that is a transactional supervisor or a transformational supervisor? Oh, yeah. Nice. And it's a, it's a lens of how to be, right. right? Which is similar to what you're talking about. Yeah. And so, and so much of that comes down to how we are as supervisors and how we are as leaders, whether we're in supervision or at other times. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah. I, I've got another um, uh, thing to ask if you would speak more about um, this, this idea of holding space. Yeah, it's a it's a term that get, gets used a lot, and I, I don't maybe people understand it. I'm not sure, but the definition of holding space is about what it is is about being consciously present and open with another person, which people say that they are, but I'm not always sure that we are. And it's also a piece of being sensitive to their needs and putting our own op opinions aside so that we can be fully present. Mm -hmm. You know, if we're in this space of like, well, this is what they should do. And this is what I can't believe that they're doing this. We're actually not holding space for them. We're holding space for our mind. Mm. And holding space is literally being present to this other person, understanding that they've got some needs right now. Mm -hmm. And their needs are a little more important than my opinions about their needs. Mm -hmm. And so holding space is really about consciously being present. And it is required, Joe, right? Mm -hmm. In reflective supervision. Yes. That's what we are doing is we are holding space for the other to talk about whatever their needs are. So would you, would you put that into context with the parallel process? Oh, it is the parallel process, right? Yeah. We are holding space for the people we supervise for them to be able to express their needs so that we can help them be successful at their work. The same way, service providers are holding space for families uh, for them to be able to be the most successful parent they can be, mm -hmm. just like we want parents to hold space for their children so that their children mm -hmm. can be as successful as possible. It is literally the parallel process. Yeah, yeah. Holding space is required. Holding space requires us to listen, to be able to mindfully regulate our own thoughts and reactions. Mm -hmm which is what reflective practice is about, yeah. is I'm reflecting on my own feelings and thoughts and reactions in the moment. Yeah, and I think the world would be a much better place if they taught this in high school. Uh, I agree. So that everybody, I mean, would learn how to do this with each other. I agree. Yeah, I okay. agree. Um, so maybe somebody can make that happen someday, but uh, <laughs> staying on topic here. Um, yes. So more broadly, um, what are some other ways that um, that we can embed reflection into our programs and throughout the work? Yeah, this is a, a good question for us to end on because it really is about thinking about 
reflective supervision is one piece of the puzzle, but we can be embedding reflection all the time, even if we're not reflective supervisors. Mm-hmm. And how I think about that is by having reflective conversations regularly. Mm-hmm. And what reflective conversations look like is you just came to the office and after having a visit and I say, how did that go? Mm-hmm. I know that family is, a, is uh, challenging for you. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Um, I also think that uh, having a climate of strengths-based, which does not mean that all you do is focus on the positive, but what it means is that you see people's strengths mm. in addition to where they need to grow. It's like, mm-hmm. wow, you know, I, I really see how far you've come mm-hmm. in your work. Yeah, yeah. And it's really about encouraging colleagues to be reflective with each other, yeah. right? We're all very busy. It's not uncommon that we come back to the office after a visit and we want to talk about it. Yeah. And so is there a space in the in your program that creates a climate of me coming to my colleagues and saying, uh, it would be really helpful to debrief right now. Could could you listen for a few moments? Right. And then could you help a, me? Sh- yeah. That them holding space for yes. each other rather yes. than just jumping to solutions. Yes. Excuse holding me. space for each other, which sets a climate. That's what we do here is we hold space for each other. And I often am a fan of somebody saying, I need some help with shifting perspective because I'm stuck in judgment right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Which then, because I can reflect on what my needs are, the other person knows what I need from them. Right, yeah. What a wonderful environment that is because you're, you're also talking about not just trust between a supervisor and supervisees, but amongst colleagues yes. and to, to, to give and receive support from each other. Yes. And people usually stay in jobs that there's meaning and that they feel seen and heard and valued. Yes. And that helps the bottom line, because if you keep people on board, you're not having a revolving door and having to continue to train people and get them up to speed. Yeah, exactly. There's the administrative hat, you know. There you go. Yes. Yes. They're both there. Yeah. Well, anything else before we end? I think this is good for now. It's a wrap. Yeah. Well, thanks, Mara. This has been a lot of fun. And uh, yeah. Till next time. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, Joe. All right. Thank you. Bye.